Good morning. So good to be back together, worshiping together as a community. One goal, one direction, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen. So cool. Um, my name is Richard, Richie. A lot of other names people call me. Um, but uh, for the time being, let's, let's stick with Richard. Um, one of the elders on the, in, the, in this church, um, privileged to be part of the team that leads. Uh, Craig sends his regards. He's uh, having one more week of leave, and then he will be back and running and sprinting for the year to come. I think there's lots of plans and lots of excitement about what is heading we're heading into. And then Andrew also sends his best and his regards. He's uh, moved yesterday, I think for the fourth time in December. Uh, and so he will be back with us also starting from next week um, after quite a big change in their lives. Um, a reminder, purpose, if you want to know more about it, it is on the website. If you are keen to lead a group and have people in your house, um, chat with me, but also you can go onto um, the website and register there. Um, a couple of options on that website to have a look at. So yeah, I get uh, to open the batting. I get to open the batting uh, for the year. Um, hopefully not as bad as the South African batsmen have been recently. Hopefully I'll stick around a little bit longer and give you a bit of information and a bit of uh, entertainment at the same time. Let me take you to a little house in Hilton where Lindsay and I, my wife, spent the, spent the holiday. I was settling down to type out a, a preach, a word of God on my heart, sit down with my computer, no battery left, plug in my computer. As I plug my computer in, all the lights go out in the house. So is it load shedding? Or No, it's my computer. My computer is uh, overloading the, the system, and so there's no option for me to write the preach um, that day. So I had to jot down a few notes on the iPad, um, knowing that I had a word and that I wanted to get that word down so that I could share it with the church. I had a dream of producing this preach, but there had been a big scheme against me to produce that, that, that preach. But I knew that there was a bigger picture. The bigger picture was that one person in this auditorium today needed to hear, needs to hear this word, and so I needed to get it down. So today I'm going to preach on dreams, schemes, and the bigger picture. As I shared that uh, title with my family on the way to church, my, my son quite inventively said, maybe you should call it Dreams, Schemes, and Skinny Jeans. <laughs> so I don't know where the skinny jeans and the big picture comes in, but we'll try and work with it. Um, so yeah, um, I, just as a, as a bit of a disclaimer, so on a recent trip to Singapore, um, I was very fortunate to attend Church of Joy. At, uh, in Singapore, uh, after a 10-hour flight, landed at 6 o'clock, was able to get to the 10 o'clock service, and I'm so grateful I did, not only just to experience a little bit more of the kingdom and, and the kingdom, people of the kingdom that I was able to experience, but also to hear this message. And so I can't claim this message as being something that I cleverly came up with. This is something I heard, and I'm just kind of relating it to you and building on it for our specific season. I believe for 2023, there is an, an, a need to revisit and to be reminded of the dreams that you have and have been given. I believe 
that there are schemes of the enemy and of man that will stand in opposition to you achieving those dreams. But I also believe that God has got the big picture in his hand. And if we have that as our focus, that is what we will achieve in this year. I believe there will be schemes. But I also believe my God is bigger than those schemes. My God is bigger than those oppositions. My God is bigger than anything that can stand in my way. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. So like I said, I took this preach from something that Ian McKellar at Church of Joy in Singapore um, said. And he focused really on the story of Joseph. Uh, We've heard the story of Joseph a couple of times in our church over the last couple of years. And it's a reminder again and again of a person who had dreams who understood the meaning and the intention of those dreams in his life. He unfortunately shared them with his brothers in the inc- and his family in the incorrect way, but he knew that there was a calling on, on his life and there was a plan on his life. Joseph also faced a lot of opposition on the way. I'm going to go through a couple of verses now. Just uh, unfortunately, like we, we've mentioned, the, the, the slideshows aren't showing. So I'll have to read them out for you. And if you've got notes, books, take them down. Um, It's important to just be reminded that Joseph's story was a story of dreams, of the schemes of his brothers, the enemy, Pharaoh, Potiphar, all those people had schemes against him. Potiphar's wife, there were schemes against him. But he knew and understood the big picture. So if you have a look at Genesis 37, let's talk about the dream. Genesis 37 verses 5 says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Not great to have dreams that uh, make people hate you. It's a little bit of a contentious issue. In Genesis 37 verse 9, it says, then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. I just see when Joseph declares these dreams and he tells these dreams, it's this element of knowing that there is a hope and there is a future to come. That it's not all about the present. It's not all about the circumstances we find ourselves in now. It's about the hope and the future that God has called us to and into. Then we read about the schemes of Joseph and his brothers. In Genesis 37 verses 18, it says, But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. It goes on in Genesis 39 when we talk about Potiphar's wife. It says, when his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. I just want to stop there for a second and say that the schemes aren't always the schemes of the devil. Sometimes man man comes up with schemes that stand in opposition to that what we are trying to achieve. So there is an element of being aware that man sometimes stands up. Man sometimes burns with anger against us, and therefore we we encounter opposition within our, our, our path. But... There are times when the devil comes and prowls and tries to destroy. And so I do believe that there is a physical battle that takes place and there is a spiritual battle that takes place. And we have to be aware of the intention of the schemes. And that's what we will look at a little bit later is the intention of the schemes. And when it comes to Joseph and the big picture, 
the long-term plans, we see in Genesis 45 verse 4, it says this. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Can you imagine the shock and horror on on your brother's faces? And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So sometimes the schemes work out for the bigger picture. And if we, as Joseph, keep that bigger picture in our heart and keep it in our mind and keep our focus on the king and that bigger picture that he has, we can deal with the day-to-day. We can deal with the schemes a lot easier. But Joseph wasn't the only one that we see this pattern. I look through the Bible and I see this pattern repeating itself when there is a person who has a purpose. We are doing the series on purpose, and I believe that when we have a purpose, there will be opposition. When there is a purpose in our lives, when we are pushing on towards the big picture, there will be opposition. Just some of those characters, and I'm sure as I'm saying these ones, you will think of more. And I'm sure you could shout them out and tell me, but what about this character? What about this character? But I've just got these five One is Moses. So he was to be the savior of Israel. He knew he had that calling, and that was his big picture, was to be the savior of of Israel. Man's scheme was saying, no, I will not let your people go. You will have to push through these times, push through me, in order for for you to achieve that what God has called you to. You had to push through a man standing against him and saying, no, I will not let your people go. But the bigger picture was that God came with his hand, touched people, and moved. Yes, there was destruction in the land of Egypt that opposed him. But that is God's vindication. It's not our vindication. God comes and moves for us. Noah, what was his dream? For the kids in the audience. His dream was to build an ark. Was to save his family to preserve life. The bigger picture of God was uh, God's faithfulness and his ability to, one, withstand anything, but also to save humans. But what was his, what was the scheme that came against him? His faith was tested. He was ridiculed. He was shouted at and jeered. He was made to feel like he was doing something, or he was doing something that was absolutely abnormal. But he knew that there was a bigger picture. And so he continued building. He continued nailing the nails into that ark. He continued building, knowing that his purpose was to fulfill what God and to show God's faithfulness. We can think of David, anointed to be king early as a young, young boy, knowing that he had a destiny and a future as far as um, the big picture is concerned, to be the king of Israel, to lead Israel to lead the people of God and to be that king. The opposition was Saul's plots to kill him, Saul's chasing him around the desert, Saul's anger burned against him. And so therefore there was this opposition and the scheme of man that kind of restricted David from moving into his, his dream and into the bigger picture. But we all know the end of the story is that David did fulfill that, 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 um, that calling and that destiny. One of our greatest examples of this, of this dream schemes and the bigger picture is our king, Jesus. 
He came to this earth to save the world. He knew the bigger picture. He says, not my will, but your will be done, Father. He acknowledges that he was here for a bigger cause. His dream was to be the savior of the world, to be that savior of, the, of Israel that he had been called to be. But what was his, the schemes against him? The schemes against him we see in the temptations of Jesus. We see in the opposition from the, the Pharisees. We see in the questions that he gets asked. We see in, in so many different ways that there is opposition to him. We see the scheme of the devil that comes when he is nailed to the cross. But then we see the bigger picture of him being resurrected and being brought back to life and being our savior. It's good to have dreams. It's good to be aware of the schemes of the devil. But it's even better to have our view on that bigger picture. So let's just look a little bit at what dreams mean. What are these dreams and how do we get them? Yeah, we go to sleep at night and maybe we scream and shout in our sleep at our siblings or whatever it might be that we do when we go to sleep. Or I've got lots of stories of uh, when we were newly married and I used to be sent to the corner. My wife is a teacher um, and she used to wake up in, in the middle of the night and she used to send me to the corner. But not realizing that she was doing it, she used to say, Richard, go. <laughs> and not knowing how, how we've got, I've got used to it. Um, and it has got better Uh, but how do these dreams come how do these these dreams that Jesus is placing in our come they come in in many different ways and I'm not restricting them and I I also want to make sure that you're aware that the dreams aren't all about in the local church or what God has called you to here yes there are dreams about that about advancing the kingdom through the local church dreams also have to be about outside of this church have to be about where we work, where we operate, where we live, the neighborhoods in which we are. Do we have dreams of having more people in our houses and, and expressing God's love to people? So his, the dreams come through the commissioning of Jesus. They come through his word and being reading his word and understanding his word and his call in his life. His dreams come through his people, the people that he has put around you, the people that, he ha- that you allow to speak into your life and who know your character and who know who you are. It's very difficult for someone who doesn't know you to say to you, this is what you should be looking at achieving. These are the goals that you should plan out. Very important to be part of a community that is able to speak into your life, that is able to encourage you with regards to your dreams, encourage your children and encourage the people and encourage yeah, just your view and your picture of Jesus and the bigger picture. It's difficult to do it alone. And I'll show you a little bit later what part of that scheme of the, the, that, we, we, that I speak about is. The dreams are based on a bigger picture. So they're never based on the here and now or the, the next month or the next two months. The dreams are based on a bigger picture. And sometimes we force the dream to be now when we need to play out the journey with, with God and make sure that it's not just a here and now thing and, okay, well, Lord, why am I not preaching in 2000s? Why, why is my church not growing to 200,000? Why, why, why? The dreams may be there, but God is, is working the journey. God is walking the journey with you. And one of the tough things about our dreams, and uh, Moses is one that will attest to that, is that our dreams are not always based on our strengths. 
our dreams are sometimes there based on things that we need to grow into. And so, like I said, it's a journey. So we need to carry on growing. We need to realize that where we are now might not be where God is taking us in the long term. Where our relationship with him now might be something small in comparison to what he's taking us into. I hope as I'm speaking about dreams that you're challenged about your dreams, your personal dreams, and the things that he has for you. What is the word that God's spoken to your life? What is the, God that, the word that God is speaking at the moment? Why are you here this morning? Why are you sitting in the chair that you're sitting in the, this morning? Because God is trying to say and he's trying to speak. Like I said, one person to hear this word and to respond is why I spend some time on this message. So then we talk about the schemes. I don't want to talk about the type of schemes because we all face it on a daily basis. We all face sick kids, financial problems, all those type of things. And I'm not minimizing those, the issues and the schemes. What I want to speak about is the intention behind the scheme. So what is the scheme trying to do? Why do we face this opposition? In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He doesn't want you to achieve the dream. He doesn't want you to push through the difficult times. He wants you to roll over and be devoured. Jesus, our king, wants you to stand tall on his rock, on his foundation, and know that whatever may come, I need to be stuck in him. I need to be stuck in this king of kings. So quickly, seven points on uh, what these schemes are meant to do or come to do. I spoke about this uh, earlier this morning before I preached. It said in Psalm 68 verse 6, it says, God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So the first thing that these schemes are intended to do is to isolate you. They're meant to draw you away and to make you withdraw from people. God's family, he wants to place you in a family. He wants to place you within people, like I said earlier, who can help and support and, and give you direction. He wants you to be in that family. But the schemes of the devil isolate you, make you feel like your house is the best place to be. My room is the best place to be. Withdrawn from everyone is where I, where I prosper. That's a scheme of the devil saying, no, no, you don't need to be together with, with the family. You need to be by yourself. But we all know that's not sustainable. Sustainability comes with having a family around you who's able to support and build, and build you up. The second intention of, this, of schemes, and this might sound a little bit strange because it might be on the other, other end of the, of the spectrum. The second element of, of, of schemes is to puff you up, is to blow smoke, um, is to make you feel better than who you really are um, outside of Christ. And so it talks to, the scheme comes to make you feel better, to make you feel like you own this world. A lot of the recent theories and a lot of recent practices that you are God, 
you have got the ability to manage and do your own thing. You can do whatever it is that you are called to do in your own power, within your own strength, and within your own. And so therefore, again, we get drawn away from God, and it all becomes about us. The schemes want to cut God off from our, our world. We'd look into the European countries, European countries where they have prospered from a financial point of view, from an economy point of view, and we see there that the retraction from church and from attendance at church and all that is down because I don't need God. I've got my own financial provisions. I've got everything I need. And so a scheme of the devil is to make us feel bigger, bigger, higher than who we are rather than feeling and knowing and understanding that we are sons and daughters of Christ, and in Christ we do everything. It says in Matthew 23, verse 12, it says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. We are to be a humble people in Christ. The third thing that these schemes come to do is to break our faith. Mocking crowds shouted and jeered at Noah as he was building the boat. But he held his faith and he knew that he was doing this for a bigger picture. Another element is it comes to kill our joy. It says rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice when times are good. It says rejoice always. And God is wanting to put us into a place where through the challenges, through the schemes, we rejoice and we have our eyes on that big picture. It comes to humiliate us in front of people. It gives us a fear of man. A big one is that it comes to silence the word of God in our lives. The schemes comes to silence the word of God. Why do I need to read my Bible? Why do I need to hear from him? I can do this all by myself. I am God. I can do this. The word of God needs to be ever present. It has to be a continuous element to your lives. If 2023 brings with it anything, I pray that it brings more time in the, in the word not only for me, but for everyone, that we would know and that we would understand, that we would mature in what he, what he has called us to do and called us to be, that his word would be the bright light above everything else. And the last thing that I want to mention, and I'm not restricting it, I can always, always make that disclaimer, is this is what I've seen. If you think about the schemes of the devil in your life and the schemes of man against you, you would know that there is other things that he's trying to do. But I must say, that the last scheme is that he tries to take our, our focus off the big picture. What is that big picture, you ask? I think there's a big picture for many things. There's a big picture for an action. There's a big picture for a season, and there's a big picture for our life, and there's a big picture for the kingdom. I think there's four, four areas that they, we can have a big picture. My big picture, as I said, for today was that one person, here's what I said, say, said, and that the Spirit speaks to them and ministers to them, and adjustments are made in their life so that they influence other people. Not, not so that I could appear on the stage and YouTube and uh, be puffed up, so that one person could hear, one person could respond, and one person could know the King of Kings a little bit more. But the ultimate big picture for me is what I read in Philippians 2, 5 verse 11. It talks about in our relationships with one another. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 
who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And here for me is the big picture. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I believe the big picture that one day we will acknowledge him as Christ. Us, as people who believe in him, will acknowledge him and be grateful for what he has done. And there will be people who have denied him for their whole lives who will once will see that he is king of kings. There will be people who have fought with him and have had arguments with him continuously that will see him as Lord of lords and king of kings. There will be people who denied him point blank to a point of saying that there is no God who will come into a, to the, that place where their knee will bow and their tongue will confess that he is king. That for me is the big picture. If we keep that in mind, that actually the struggles of today are never overshadowed by the fact that our king of kings is, is Lord of lords. He's on the throne and every single person that we come into contact one day will declare that he is Lord. Wow. People... For me, it's just it's mind-blowing to understand that concept. People who point blank refuse to acknowledge there is a God, one day will acknowledge that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, that he is beyond everything. Such, a, such an inspiration for me. So what is the 2023 message in this? Because there's always got to be the 2023 message. What is your vision? What are your goals? What are you doing? How are you getting there? What is you, have you written it in your diary? All that type of thing. There's always got to be that type of element to a 1st of January preach. So I won't disappoint you. <laughs> I just want you to be reminded of the following six things. I want you, as you go into 23, to be reminded of your dreams. I, want, I don't want you to try and create new ones. I don't want you to try and put new things on paper. Maybe, yes, there is an element of that. But I want you to be reminded of the dreams that you have in Christ. What has he painted on your heart five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, one year, that he's saying, <clears throat> stirring, this is the year. Come back. Come back into my kingdom. Come back into my local church. Come back into my word. Come and have, have people in your house. Encourage people. Um, where, where you're at the, from a workplace. Um, start prayer meetings in your workplace in the mornings. I don't know. What are those dreams? Be reminded of those dreams that he's planted in your heart over the last couple of years. Be reminded of the promises in his word that he would never forsake us, never leave us. That his bigger picture is, is greater than just what, where we are now. I'd like you to take some time and remind yourself of your identity in Christ. Remind yourself that going into 2023, you are a son and a daughter of Christ, that you are adopted into his household and that he has called you to be in relationship with him. He hasn't called you to be distant from him. He's called you to be in relationship with him. That is the identity that you have. I want you to remind yourself of the schemes and the intention of the schemes against you. I want you to 
open your eyes. It's so interesting that we sang that song. I want you to open your eyes. And as I'm saying these things to you, I'm reminding myself that I also need to daily walk in this. So open your eyes to the intentions of the schemes that you have in your family, in your household, in your life. What are those schemes? Remind yourself of the partnership that we are called into, that we're not called to work at this alone. A partnership with the local church, a partnership in this kingdom, and a partnership with friends and people around that he's put around us. I want you to remind yourself daily of the big picture and what we are part of, what you are part of, what you have been called into. And the last thing I want you to do, and I know this sounds like a sergeant major, I want you to. I want you to do this, I want you to do that. But I want to do this as well. I've been challenged that I need to do this. Is that I need to do this intentionally and I need to do it continually. I can't do this once off at the beginning of 2023 and say, I'm cool for the rest of the year. Everything will be fine. I'm, I'm good. I've got, I know and I understand January. I worked out the schemes of the devil. Actually, February there's going to be schemes. March there's going to be schemes. April, May, even over weekends there are schemes. It doesn't, no one t- doesn't take a rest. But the bigger picture says that my God is king. My God is seated on the throne. One day every knee will bow. Every knee will confess and every tongue will bow. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is king. And that is why we are here. We are here just to be vessels. We are here to um, be aware of his schemes. We are be here to be aware of the bigger picture that we are part of. So my prayer today, if I can pray, is that you would be aware of the dreams that he has for you this year, that they wouldn't be restricted, that they wouldn't be small, that they would be bigger than what they were yesterday. My prayer is that you would be so aware of the schemes of the enemy that you're able to stand without emotional reactions and responses to them, but stand on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, a um, rock. And my, my, my prayer is that we would all walk in a way that glorifies our God. So Lord, I thank you that today you are seated on the throne, that you have a dream for us, that you have planted into each and every single one a purpose for 2023 whether it comes from two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or whether it comes from this last December. I thank you that you've got a purpose for each one, each individual, and that you are placing dreams in their hearts, Lord God, for this year. I pray that you would more and more make us aware of where the enemy comes to try and destroy. More and more aware of where man stands up against us and where we allow the fear of man to take over what we say and what we do and how we say it and how we do it, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we enter 2023, as we go into a new year, even though it might for some feel like it's just another month in another year, I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a newness of what you're doing, a newness of uh, where you are leading, a newness of um, just your intention for people, Lord God. And I pray that we would just marvel in the fact that you are King of Kings, that you are Lord of Lords, 
and that you are seated on the throne. Thank you, Lord, for the, the love that you've shown us. Thank you, Lord, for the protection over this church, Lord God. And I pray that as individuals we would seek your face more and that we would be found in, your, in you more in 2023. In Jesus' name.